Hey, it's my life. This is Stefan, and you're listening to the show that's all about me, you, and the world around us. And, uh, you know, I'll sprinkle in a few of my stories in between, but glad you're with me. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the value of free. That's right. I said free. You know, with all the unemployment going on and the coronavirus quarantine still happening, you know, people are going to do things for free just to get a foot in the door. And I'm going to tell you from personal experience, free will not get you paid. So I'll explain all that coming up. Plus, we're going to have more on Biden's situation. Ouch. Dang. Just when you thought you were the Democratic nominee for president. This comes out of the woodwork. A credible sexual harassment claim against the current Democratic vice or presidential candidate, Joe Biden. We'll talk about a little bit about that, you know, the unexpected in an, uh, a crazy, crazy world right now. And we'll have more. Buckle up, sit back and enjoy. Hey, it's Stefan, and I am recording from a new location. Yeah, I'm going to test out a kind of DIY personal studio setup. And, uh, you know, it was free. All this stuff was stuff sitting around my farm. Um, so, you know, I, I do value free. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I consider it, I'm c- consider myself very fortunate to have a lot of different things lying around where I can play with and create things and, and do some cool things. And I'm thinking that this, um, this studio, this studio, DIY studio is probably going to work out a little bit. I'm going to play around with a few things, but I wanted to talk to you today about free and what free really means in the eye of somebody receiving it. Now, there are a lot of things that are given for free, you know, food, people give food away for free. People give away gifts for free to, you know, unsuspecting people. And sometimes they're expecting it. So we do a lot of things for free, but I wanted to really stress the importance or really talk about the, the idea of giving services or products away for free. You guys have heard there, there was a book that came out not too long ago called Freemium. Or, or the price of freemium, or maybe it was an article, I can't remember. But the whole article dealt with the idea of giving something away for free in hopes that somebody will like it, and then they'll come back to you, and then you can give them an, an, an upsell or a bigger offer or kind of work them down what's called a marketing funnel. Um, so the idea of giving something away for free entices somebody enough to at least touch in or, or to, to put their foot in the water, so to speak, and to be able to experience a little bit of what you have to offer. Well, here, here's, here has, here's what I have found when giving something for free, okay? And, and, and it even comes from applying for jobs and, and during the hiring process. I, I actually went to a, a job interview. I thought it was a final interview. It turns out it may not have been a final interview, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I went to the interview, and prior to the interview, they asked me a ton of questions. You know, marketing strategy. What would you do in this circumstance? Explain, outline, and in, in bullet points uh, the the biggest uh, 
you know, strategies that you would tackle. How would you tackle them? Give specific tactics and steps on how to go about. Basically, I was creating a marketing strategy for this entire company all through the hiring process. So I was giving it away for free. And, you know, I'm sure they used some of my ideas. I'm sure they took some of my strategies and said, you know what, let's, we can run with these. We know how to do these. Um, The big issue I have with doing those things is the hiring company doesn't perceive the value that the person has when you give away so much knowledge and information. And that's the problem that I have with free. I also have, you know, I've also done things. I've done audio work. I've done audio editing. I've done video production. I've done animations. I've done, you know, 30 second commercial spots for free and given it to a potential client or customer. And here's what happens. There's no perceived value in what you gave them because it was quote unquote free. Now, it may have cost you four or five or maybe thousands of dollars to put together, to put a spec spot together. But in their minds, it didn't cost you anything because it didn't cost them anything. So the idea of giving something away for free, even if you're doing what seems like a mundane process, but you know you can knock it out for somebody. Okay, you have a buddy. He needs help with, let's say, direct mail. You, you do direct mail in your sleep. You do postcards to customers in your sleep, okay? You say to your buddy, hey, just send me the project. I'll knock it out for you every week, and it'll be done. No problem. Your buddy says, great. I don't have to spend time trying to find somebody. That's perfect. Your team knocks it out, okay? Or you knock it out. You do, do the project direct mail week in and week out for the next six months, okay? And you don't get paid for it at all, okay? Here's what happens. The conversation goes like this, because I I have experienced this firsthand. The conversation goes like this. Hey, you know, I've been working on that project for you for about six months now, and, you know, I've been doing it for free, um, and it seems like you're, you know, you're continuing to build your business, and it seems to be working out for you. We talk about it from time to time, the direct mail. Um, We would like to get compensated going forward on the production of your direct mail. Buddy responds, what? I thought you were doing that for free. Why, Why would you charge me now? I thought we were good. Well, because you see that there's a value in your business, right? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, the direct mail works, but you said you were going to do it for free. Well, yeah, but it still costs us time and energy and money, and your business is growing as a result of it. Yeah, but no, you know what? Never mind. You don't have to do it. Well, I'll get somebody else to do it. That's fine. Don't do it anymore. Boom. The buddy perceives the value of what you've been doing at zero. You've been doing it, and yes, it's been an ad hoc, and it's been something that you've just been, you know, adding to your team, or you've been doing just 15 minutes here, 20 minutes here. You've put value, and and you've put effort, and you've put expertise and professionalism, professionalism in what you do each and every time you do it. The fact that you can knock it out in 15 minutes and still charge, you know, would-be client X, $250 for every time you do a direct mail run, okay, is irrelevant to your buddy because your buddy says you did it for free. Therefore, zero perceived, zero dollar perceived value. 
I have a big issue with doing things for free going forward. At least something. Even if somebody cannot afford and you're advertising for them and they can't afford to do to to pay you, you should at least do a barter or a trade. You should at minimum do a barter or a trade, and especially during this time of quarantine and coronavirus. I mean, I'll, you know what? If you, Farmer X, I'll tell you what, I don't have potatoes. If you give me a pound of potatoes a week, I'll do some advertising online for you. Bam, done. Barter, trade. There is a perceived value to the farmer. He's got to give up a bag of potatoes, a pound of potatoes for you to do some online marketing. Now, bag of potatoes doesn't cost that much. Now, if he gave you 10 pounds of potatoes, that starts to add up. But 10 pounds of, of potatoes is probably what? 50, 60, no, it's probably about 299, about 150 bucks. So you do 150 bucks worth of online advertising and you cost it out. And then you send them an email and say, here's what I did for your 10 pounds of potatoes. Here's the advertising I did. I posted here. I posted here. I did social media. I did a mention here. I did a quick video. Oh, and by the way, you are on my podcast. Normally I charge $50 for boom, barter, trade, perceived value. Never do anything for free. If you're going to give anything for free, it's because you already have it and you're not going to gain anything from it. And I'm, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't do it for free. I'd attach something. I will give you this if you give me that. Most people, if you think they're giving you something for free, you're dead wrong. Even when you get the download, the 15-page report on how to do your best small business marketing in 2020. Put your email in. Oh, you had to put your email in. You gave that person, that potential vendor, your email. It wasn't for free. It was your email. It cost you your email and maybe your privacy and maybe some information about you. Maybe your name. You get my point. People don't do things for free who want to stay in business. Just remember that. Hey, on the flip side of this break, we're going to be talking about holy smokes. What's going on with Joe Biden? Um, And yeah, that whole situation. And it's a bombshell. And then other things that are happening in the news. Plus my take on farming. Because I am a farmer. I'll see you right at the break. I'll see you right after the break. Hey, I'm back from the break, and we're going to talk a little bit about Joe Biden, the Democratic candidate. Uh, for president of the United States. And I have some huge issues with the way the media has been portraying um, uh, Joe Biden in light of this Tara Reid assault allegation. And, um, you know, Biden just came out and he just said, you know, after days of silence, the campaign actually came out and said, you know what, you need to say something. So, in his first public statement regarding this particular allegation, he says it never happened. Never happened. Okay? So, here we go. Here, here we go again with there's an accusation, an allegation that seems credible on the surface, um, has many, uh, not backers, uh, supporters, or people who can validate what the accuser has said. And then you have the person being attacked saying 
It never happened. Now, here's where it begins for the journalists. The journalists are going to go off on every type of encounter, situation, everything. Um, and it's, it's going to be pretty ugly in terms of trying to figure out what happened, you know, 20 plus years ago. Um, I mean, it's just going to be hard. It's just going to be difficult. Now, on Tara Reed's side of the allegation, there is supposed emails and documentation, maybe not emails, but there's documentation that she actually f- wanted to file a formal formal complaint, I believe. Um, and that's going to be interesting to find out if those documents do exist. If those documents do exist, it validates the fact that she actually came forward at the time it happened and it was swept under the rug and it has been swept under the rug for years and years and years and years, even to the point of when the vice president, um, when, when Joseph Biden was becoming the vice president of the United States under Barack Obama. So it, this is going to get very ugly fast. Um, now, all the news media has picked up on this. So all the mainstream media is my my take on it is, it, you know, it did happen decades ago. Doesn't mean it's right. But it happened decades ago, and I, I'm not a big proponent of bringing stuff out decades ago. You know, people were... Now, granted, if this was swept under the rug many, many times in the, the past two decades, that's a different story. But I just, you know, this is dirty politics. Um, this is what I feel anyway. This is kind of like dirty pol- politics where, you know, something you did 20 years ago gets pulled out and you're trying to do something good now and it gets swept under the rug. But here's, okay, so that's that's my take on the allegation. My take on Biden is totally different. I don't like his politics, first of all. I'm not a, uh, you know, I, I don't like his politics and where he stands on a lot of the issues. Um, but he just in the past month seems incoherent seems like he doesn't know what's going on um and even during the campaign stops it was weird some of the com just you know what some of the things he said and there's a montage maybe we'll get we'll pull it up and and play it but there's a montage out there of all the biden clips and gaffes and stuff he's he said and it just it boggles the mind as to this is a presidential candidate this is somebody who's in politics. This is somebody who could lead the world. Now, I, I don't get me wrong. Donald Trump, President Donald Trump has said a lot of things where I go and I cringe and I go, ugh. But in terms of political ideology, um, he's on the same side that I agree with in terms of a lot of the issues. So with that being said, um, this is going to be excuse me this is going to be an interesting time um in terms of what what the media does to biden um and excuse me i am so sorry i'm i'm sneezing like nobody's business no i don't have anything so don't even go there um so um it's going to be interesting to see how the media treats biden in this whole situation in terms of how they, you know, uh, ask questions, how they find out information, how they go about their research. Uh, because, you know, this happened with the Kavanaugh hearings. This happened when Donald Trump was running for president. You know, they pulled everything out of the woodwork. Um, and and I have no doubt they'll do it again. Uh, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where you go, you kind of bite your tongue and you go, let's just wait and see how this plays out. The other part of me kind of wants to say, you know what, this is the media loves this stuff 
You know, mainstream media news journalists love this stuff. You know why? It adds controversy. It adds conflict. It means people are going to watch television. People are going to watch the YouTube videos. People are going to watch your 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 late night podcast. Your people are going to watch your late night news. It it gives people media in the media and and people in general, even myself, something to talk about. Um, and so that in that in that regard, I just it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I don't know how in the world he's going to get out of this stuff. Um, and and then just just pile on all the stuff he said that's incoherent and doesn't doesn't sound like he knows where he's at half the time. And the fact that they're not, you know, they they suspended Sanders. You know, Sanders um, basically endorsed Biden. He's basically gave up in in terms of running against Biden. He knew he couldn't get the elect, uh, the the um, not the electoral college the uh, the delegate votes. He couldn't get the delegate votes on the on the Democrat side going into the convention. However, he did say this: "I'm going to suspend my campaign, but I want to still be on the ballot." Because I want to see what delegates I get. And here's the thing when you're talking Democrat politics, when you go into the, the, the uh, convention with a certain number of delegates and a certain number of supporters, you have weight, you have clout, you have, um, you have uh, not power, but you have some authority. And the Democratic Party looks at that like, you know, you, you can't dismiss Bernie Sanders. Look at all the delegates he got. So he wanted to be on the ballot going into a lot of different states. He was already on a ballot. He just wanted to continue to be on there. New York's didn't, they're not doing their election. <laughs> the state of New York said, nope, we're, we're just not even going to do it because there's no sense in doing it because they're not, um, the primary that they normally would do would have obviously a couple candidates on it. And since it just has Joe Biden, they're not going to do it. They just didn't do it. Oh, and that, uh, that just set the Bernie Sanders campaign afire. They're so upset right now. Um, it's just, it's like the one thing he asked to be done they're not going to do. So I, it'll be uh, interesting to see if it, in the other states what happens. And then this whole coronavirus quarantine, the fact that we may not even have the conventions. I mean, the conventions are, are a thing of old. You used to only know your delegates until you got to the convention. Now we know them before you even step foot through the door, um, before they even break the, the seal on cleanup duties to get ready for the convention we already know who the, who the nominee is going to be so it's all pomp and circumstance anyway so that's my take on the whole biden situation uh i'll be honest with you I'll, it'll be interesting to watch i won't stay glued to a television set i really won't but um or the you know the phone i won't be looking up hey what's happening with biden lately um but um so yeah anyway um things are opening up here in south carolina we'll talk a little bit more of that about that uh on the flip side of the break stay with me guys Okay, I'm back. Hey, guys. Um, just want to let you guys know that the uh, South Carolina is starting to open up, and that's a good thing for us. Um, what that means for South Carolina retailers, actually, retailers are opening up, uh, and they're, you know, they're practicing the social distancing. I actually went to the Dollar General two days ago. Uh, yeah, No, actually, yesterday. And um, 
they've got their little blinds, you know, the plastic screens up in front of the cashier, which kind of doesn't make sense because if I have a question about where, where to find a product, they actually walk with me to go find the product, which is defeating the purpose of the plastic shield, I guess. I guess it limit. I don't know. It just, it seems kind of silly. And then the plastic screen doesn't go all the way across to where you pick up your bag. So you literally don't talk to the, the cashier while you're giving the money, but then you just step to the side about maybe a foot and a half and you pick your, your bag from them and you're, fa- you're almost like face to face. You're like within 16 inches of each other. So <sighs> just frustrating. Um, but you know, the whole idea that South Carolina is starting to open up, flea markets are going to start opening up. I did get a request for somebody from the farmer's market to see if I would be participating. And if we would do a live remote broadcast from the farmer's market in Fountain Inn. So we're going to attempt to do something like that. I'm, you know, it may be just a Zoom call. I don't know. Maybe a conference. It may be Facebook Live. I'm not sure how I'm going to pull that off. But anyway, um, so stay tuned for that. That'll be exciting. And, you know, hey, it's my life. And these are some of the things that are happening. The garden is kicking off. I had some great work from my son yesterday. He and I got the grid up for our tomato plants. We're going to do kind of a variation of, of stringing them up and keeping them in the, the smaller part of the garden and not in cages like we did last year. And it got kind of out of hand. And I mean, we planted like 40 some odd tomato plants. We only ended up with like 10, I think, because the wheat, as soon as we planted them, there was like like three or four days of nothing but like 90 degree temperatures and it just burnt them up i mean literally i couldn't keep them water fast enough so we are um doing that we've got beans in the ground that are doing well squash plants are popping up uh lettuce is still go- growing arugula is still growing kiss baby kale is still growing so we got a lot of things in the garden but my son helped me out tremendously yesterday and we may make a special appearance at the farmer's market here in Fountain Inn. Uh, we may not. I'm not sure. Um, we got horses coming over this afternoon. Our daughter's heading out to an externship, with, which I, I didn't know anything about in the veterinarian world. When you're a vet tech, a veterinarian technician, you do externships where you basically, it's not an intern because that, that would be uh, set aside for like veterinarian doctors or people that are going to doctor school for, for being a vet. Um, she's going out to South Dakota, North Dakota. I can't remember. It's one of the Dakotas. Anyway, um, we got her, her horses coming over, so they're going to be spending some time with us, and that'll be interesting because we don't, we haven't had horses in our pasture in quite a while, at least on a consistent basis. Um, and we really like our pasture, actually. Um, we like seeing the greenery. We like the dogs running around, and uh, not a big fan. I mean, I, I, I'm not against horses, not at all. Just. They they are high maintenance, uh, not high maintenance. They just are. Uh, if you have a lot of land, it's fine. You just put them off to the side and you just tend to them. But you still have to tend to them. Um, and we're not just we're just not big fans of the horses. Um, you know, we they they don't do much for me. Um, I don't get out and ride now. And I I did say this a while back. I said if I had a, a trail riding horse that was like seasoned, like 15, 20 years seasoned, and he was on the you know, he was kind of where I am on in life. You know, about mid mid age, middle age, um, and you, you know, I'm, don't want to sprint. You know, a good gallop every once in a while, that's fine. But just a good trail horse just doesn't mind walking. You know, just just carry my load, just carry me, 
and doesn't mind walking and is good and docile and that I could probably deal with. You know, I could probably bond with a horse like that. That's kind of at my speed right now. I'm not into a fast horse. Don't get me a, you know, two, three-year-old. No, 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 no. Hmm. Not, not doing that. I don't want to train them. I don't, you know what I mean? I just don't. So not against horses. We'll have some horses in the pasture. They're youngins. They're like under 10. One is like a year old. So two years old, something like that. I don't know. Um, so anyway, the other one's like six or seven or eight or nine. I can't remember. Um, so that'll be fun and stuff to talk about. Our chickens are doing fine. We have a baby rabbit, which is really odd. If you go to the Farmer's Market podcast, I'll probably talk a little bit more about the rabbit situation on that podcast. You can find it at Farmer's Market Podcast or go to seafarms.com. But hey, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life. There's stuff about South Carolina unemployment benefits being doled out. There's stimulus checks still haven't made their way to people's houses for whatever reason. And there's a lot of stuff to talk about in the news. Wow. This whole coronavirus thing has gone up and down, up and down, up and down, down and up. Uh, the two doctors that, uh, yeah, just came out and said, was, you know, we don't see any reason why the state should shut down. This is out of California. So, Lots of stuff to talk about, but hey, I'm glad you joined me today. It's my life. Hey, stay safe out there. Be well. My name is Stefan, and I'm out.